Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Of everything that we have learned, are learning, and will learn, nothing will be more profound than knowing that Jesus loves us. Sister Dion McGee is a part-time comedian. This is my first sermon I will preach as a 50-year-old pastor preacher. And as I preach my first sermon as a 50-year-old, I want to preach from the topic beloved or if you want to make it more plain, when Jesus loves you, when Jesus loves you, let me help somebody theologically. If you don't know, Jesus loves all of us. There's no man, no woman who is not loved by Jesus Christ. So look at yourself in the mirror, say, Jesus loves me. Lord bless you, preacher. Your words, my mouth. Touch in Jesus' name. Amen. Knowing that you are loved unconditionally by Jesus Christ can and should make a difference in your life. Knowing that the Son of Almighty God loves us unconditionally should make a radical difference in our lives. Knowing that Jesus loves us unconditionally can and should be the difference between existing and living. Knowing that Jesus loves us unconditionally should be the difference between living in bondage and living free because of the grace of Jesus Christ. Knowing that Jesus loves us unconditionally should be the difference between cowering in fear and walking boldly in faith. Knowing that Jesus loves us should make the difference between the horrors of legalism and the amazing grace of Almighty God. Knowing that Jesus loves us unconditionally should be the difference between having low aim and high aim. Knowing that Jesus loves us unconditionally should be the difference between low self-esteem and a healthy sense of who you are as a child of the Most High God. Knowing that we are loved by Jesus unconditionally can, will, and should make a difference in our lives. I don't know who I'm talking to on this Sunday morning, but some of us have been so traumatized by life 
that we have forgotten that Jesus loves us. If you don't remember anything else I've said on this Lord's Day morning, know beyond the shadow of a doubt that Jesus loves you. Single or married or in a complicated configuration, Jesus loves you. Veteran, believer, long-standing member of the church or spiritual neophyte, Jesus loves you. Saint, holy, ratchet, trying to get it all together, Jesus loves you. PhD, no D, white collar, blue collar, pink collar, Jesus loves you. 8, 18, 52, or 80, Jesus loves you. Introvert, ambervert, extrovert, Jesus loves you. None of us who are watching this sermon tonight, right now, or who will watch this in the future are beyond the realm of God's love. Folk may hate on you, but Jesus loves you. Folk may scheme and sabotage, but Jesus loves you. Folk may be fickle towards you, but Jesus loves you. Never confuse how people treat you with the love of Jesus Christ. According to this New Testament narrative, help me preach, Watch Chapel. This family, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, living in the village of Bethany, experience the radical, liberating love of Jesus Christ. This is not the first time, nor will it be the last time, that Jesus interacts with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are the unsung heroes of the New Testament. And according to this text, Jesus has heard that there is a painful predicament taking place in the village of Bethany among his friends. Jesus has been there before, but now Jesus has received word that Lazarus, his friend, was sick. We don't know the nature of the illness that has led to Lazarus' physical body failing. He may have tested positive for COVID-19. Lazarus may not have got vaccinated in time. Lazarus may have been exposed to somebody and Lazarus now is suffering. Lazarus may have had hepatitis, had some health issues, but the text says that Lazarus is sick. And when Jesus hears that Lazarus is sick, Jesus does something counterintuitive, different, and something that in our sense does not make sanctified sense. According to the text, nobody can deny that Jesus does not love Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. Jesus loves Lazarus, Mary, and Martha. And as Jesus interacts with them, it is known according to verses 5, verse 7, and throughout all 
44 verses that comprise this narrative that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are loved by Jesus. And while they are loved by Jesus, being loved by Jesus does not exempt them from a painful predicament. They love Jesus. Jesus loves them. Yet right now they are in a painful predicament. Let me help somebody on this Lord's Day morning. You can love God and Jesus can love you. But that does not exempt any of us from going through the painful predicaments of life. If you believe that you loving Jesus exempts you from the painful predicaments of life, you have not spent enough time in Scripture. You can be loved by God and love God. You can love Jesus, serve Jesus, and be loved by Jesus, yet none of us will be exempt from the painful predicaments of life. Job, a holy man of God who was the most prominent, integrous person in us, loved God, was blessed by God, yet Job lost everything. There are those who are pastor, who I know love God. God loves them. Yet all of us in our own unique way have gone through painful circumstances and experience in life. Don't believe that just because God loves you and you love God that you and I will be exempt from the painful circumstances and predicaments of life. Yet despite walking through this painful predicament of Lazarus being sick and eventually dying, this family, help me preach this watch chapel, is confident that they are loved by Jesus. Sometimes I've lived through this experience in my own life. Sometimes we will raise the question, why am I going through this? Sometimes we go through different seasons and circumstances in life. I need my Bible readers to walk with me and say amen because of a John 15, 1 through 5 experience. Sometimes God allows us to go through for the purpose of pruning us the tree didn't do anything wrong the apple tree the pear tree was fruitful and productive yet the gardener sees something in the tree that the tree doesn't see in itself you have been fruitful you've been holy you've been a man or woman of God yet God sees something in you that you don't see in yourself Consequently, God will allow us to go through challenging circumstances, painful predicaments to get the best out of us. I wish I had a hundred folk who could testify had God not allowed us to go through some of what we have gone through, we wouldn't have learned how to pray. We wouldn't have given God our attention. Our heart would be bitter and hard. We would be mean. We would be nasty. We wouldn't be generous. We wouldn't be open-handed. But God allows us to go through 
for the purpose of making us who God wants us to be. Help me preach this, Watch Chapel. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus are loved by Jesus. But their being loved by Jesus does not exempt them from a painful predicament, challenging circumstance, and traumatic trial. Yet they are loved by Jesus and they know beyond the shadow of a doubt that they are loved by Jesus. And as Christians, I preach this message to encourage you to be assured and confident that Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. I know you're going through a hard time, but Jesus loves you. I know you may have issues with yourself, but Jesus loves you. I know you be, may be trying to figure out what's happening around the corner, but Jesus loves you. If you don't remember anything I said this morning, know that Jesus loves you. Mary, Martha, Lazarus are loved by Jesus. They are confident they are loved by Jesus. And while all of us ought to be confident that we are loved by Jesus, if the truth be known, there are so many of us in the church who have been misled, miseducated concerning the unconditional love of Jesus Christ. And if we don't know that Jesus loves us, we will be run amok by renegades. If we don't know we are loved by Jesus, we'll be bamboozled by bullies. If we don't know we are loved by Jesus, we'll be deceived by the devil. If we don't know we are loved by Jesus, we'll be led astray by legalists. If we don't know we are loved by Jesus, we'll be hoodwinked by haters. If we don't know we are loved by Jesus, we'll be swindled by schemers. If we don't know we are loved by Jesus, we will be hustled by hellions. We are loved unconditionally, uniquely, and unashamedly by Jesus. I'm going to preach that another Sunday uniquely, unconditionally, and unashamedly by Jesus. That, that's, that's how we are loved. But as we read verses 1 through 44, Jesus demonstrates his love for Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. How do you know you are loved by Jesus? Or what does Jesus do? to prove his love to you and I. If you read this text, you discover that Jesus shows his love for Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, and for you and I by fortifying our faith. Jesus demonstrates his love for Mary, Martha, and Lazarus by fortifying their faith. And Jesus demonstrates his love for you and I by fortifying our faith. Lazarus is sick. Word comes to Jesus that his friend Lazarus is sick. But Jesus does something that does not make spiritual sense to you and I. 
Jesus does not immediately go to Lazarus and heal him. But Jesus stays where he is for two days longer, arrives where Lazarus is in Bethany four days after he has died for the purpose of fortifying the faith of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, a sick man. Sometimes the Lord does not respond immediately and instantaneously in order to fortify, build up our belief, strengthen our faith so we can become who God wants us to become. If God did everything we asked God to do immediately, instantaneously, we wouldn't know what it means to ask, seek, and knock. I wish I had somebody who could testify that your faith is stronger, more mature than it was because sometimes God says, wait. I'm going to answer your prayer. I'm going to heal your baby. I'm going to bring you out of the circumstance. I'm going to put your broken heart back together. I'm going to open the door. I'm going to make a way. But sometimes I need you to learn to have grown big girl, big boy faith in God. If I respond immediately, instantaneously, all the time, you won't know what it means to seek me. You won't know what it means to go hard after me. You won't know what it means to be a seeker of God, to keep on asking until God says yes, to keep on seeking till you get what God has for you, to keep on knocking until God opens the door. Sometimes God says yes immediately. Sometimes God says no immediately. But then sometimes God says wait and Jesus has heard that Lazarus is sick, but Jesus does not respond immediately in order to fortify their faith. So when God has not answered immediately, res responsively, when God has not answered instantaneously, God has not turned God's back on you. God is strengthening and stretching and fortifying our faith, our belief in God, so we can be grown men and women in God. The worst thing you can do for a caterpillar is to cut the cocoon prematurely. Caterpillars become butterflies. But in order for the caterpillar to become a butterfly, it has to go through the chrysalis stage in a cocoon. And out of the chrysalis stage in the cocoon, the ugly little caterpillar becomes a beautiful butterfly. But if you and I make the mistake of not allowing that caterpillar to work through the chrysalis stage of the cocoon, 
the caterpillar will never learn how to fly because out of the struggle emerging out of the cocoon, go on, preach, Harry, the caterpillar, y'all ain't talking to me, becomes a beautiful butterfly because out of the struggle, the caterpillar, y'all ain't helping me preach in here, develops strength, develops wisdom, develops fortitude, develops wherewithal, and that's what God has done for you and I. God has allowed us to go through a cocoon, chrysalis stage so we might be stronger, wiser, better, more prayerful, more generous, more tenacious because God fortifies our faith. He demonstrates his love for us by fortifying our faith. Demonstrates his love for us by showing compassion in the midst of a crisis. Jesus shows up to Bethany. As Jesus shows up to Bethany, Mary and Martha respectively engage Jesus and both grieving, suffering, going through because their brother has died, declare, Lord, had you been here, our brother would not have died. Fellow Jews who are with them make their way with Mary and Martha as they are grieving and mourning. And Jesus, as he sees them grieving and mourning, recognizes that his friend Lazarus is dead. And Jesus, a man who is full of grace and truth, demonstrates his love for Mary and Martha by showing compassion in the midst of a crisis. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. But, Psalm, but John 11 verse 35, the shortest verse in all of Scripture, Jesus wept. And while Lazarus was dead, Jesus cried. While Mary and Martha were crying, Jesus cried. While they were grieving, Jesus, the Son of God, was present with them in the midst of this painful predicament. Jesus loved them by demonstrating compassion in the midst of a crisis. And Jesus loves us, watch chapel, by demonstrating compassion in the midst of our crises in life. And you may say, well, the Son of God has never shown up in my house. He has never shown up and walked with me or talked with me or been right beside me. Consequently, I don't know, preacher, what exactly you are saying by Jesus loves me by being compassionate in the midst of a crisis. No, honey, you got to think differently. We, the church, are the body of Christ. We are the arms and legs of Jesus. We are the hands of Jesus. We are the heart of Jesus. We are the eyes of Jesus. We are the appendages of Jesus. When you are going through and a church member called to pray for you or your brother and sister in Christ encouraged you, that was Jesus showing up. 
when you went through a difficult season in life and somebody put some love in your hand, that was the compassion of Jesus Christ. When you don't know how things were going to turn out and somebody encouraged you, that was Jesus demonstrating compassion through the people of God. God can do anything and everything. And sometimes God is waiting on you and I, the church, to represent him the way we ought to represent him by being the eyes, the hands, the feet, the heart of the Lord, Jesus Christ. Jesus demonstrates love for us by being compassionate in the midst of a crisis. Let me help somebody right now. Somebody's going through, you don't need to preach a sermon. You don't need to have extra commentary. Sometimes the best thing we can do is be quiet. Don't ask nobody what their condition is. Don't ask nobody what is going on. Don't be nosy. Don't ask too many doggone questions. Just show up, be quiet, and be present. Be a positive, sanctified, non-talking presence. Preach this the way you want to preach it, Harry. Sometimes we talk too doggone much. Show up, be quiet, be positive, be prayerful, and be there. He loves us. Compassion in the midst of a crisis. Loves us. Fortifying our faith. He loves us by turning a trial into a testimony. Lazarus is dead. But don't forget those first seven verses where Jesus says this sickness will not result in death. But it is for the glory of God. Verse 25, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus tells Mary and Martha, didn't I tell you your brother will not die? You will see him again. Yes, we will see him in the resurrection. No, I'm not talking about the resurrection. I'm talking about right now in the real time, in the present, on terra firma, in Bethany. You will see your brother again. And Jesus, watch chapel, Jesus family, Jesus friends, loves us by turning our trials into testimonies. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. You are going through a trial. You're going through pain, going through a crisis. The Lord has the ability and is going to turn your trial into a testimony. The text says that Jesus encounters Lazarus. Lazarus is dead. Nobody knows that Jesus is going to turn this circumstance around. And they even begin to mock Jesus and say, well, he did it for the blind man in John 5. I don't, in John chapter 9, I don't think he can do it again. He's just a one-hit wonder. Y'all ain't talking to me. He did it before, but he can't do it again. And Jesus hears what they say, and the Son of God gets 
gets in action and tells them, roll back the stone, loose him and let him go. And the same Lazarus who was dead walks out of the cave alive and well because the Lord can turn your trial into a testimony. I wish I had some help on this Sunday morning. Uh, Dion McGee, this 50-year-old preaching right now, God can turn your trial into a testimony. I wish I had 10 witnesses in the house right now who can testify I've been through a trial, but now on the other side, I got a testimony. I've been through hell, but now I got a hallelujah. I've been through a crisis, but now I can say thank you, Jesus. I've been sick, but I discovered he's a healer. I've been without but I've discovered he is a provider. How many of us know he could turn your trial into a testimony? Does anybody have a testimony on a Sunday morning? I know he's a healer. He's a way maker. He's a door opener. He's a protector. He's a provider. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Let me holler like I really want to. Can't nobody I said, can't nobody, can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. Jesus loves you. He loves you. He'll fortify your faith. He'll fortify your faith. He'll be compassionate in the midst of a crisis. And he'll turn your trial into a testimony. He's a healer. He's a way maker. He's a prayer answerer. He's a deliverer. He's a sustainer. He's a door opener. He's a window in heaven opener. Yes, he is. He's the lover of my soul. He loves you. I said Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. Don't let the devil lie to you. That sin you committed in 88. That sin you committed in 78 or 68. Let me go old school, 58. Thoughts you had, what you think nobody knows about, that does not disqualify you from the love of God. And don't let these mean-spirited, legalistic church folk convince you that you ain't saved or that you are beyond the love of Almighty God. Nothing can separate me from the love of Almighty God. Come on, I wish I had some Bible readers in here. I wish I had somebody who knew Romans chapter 8 
There is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Y'all ain't talking to me. He loves you. He's fortifying your faith. He's going to be compassionate in the midst of a crisis. He's going to turn your trial into a testimony. None of us are exempt from trials. None of us are exempt from trials. None of us. While you're going through, know that he loves you. Sometimes the trial, hear me, saint, is because he's pruning you. Lazarus, I'm going ha- to have to preach this again. Not the same text, but I'm going to have to look through Lazarus. Lazarus becomes a threat. And they want to kill Lazarus because of what God has done in his life. Just go and read the Bible. Read all of John 11. Read all of John 12. Lazarus becomes a threat. And they want to kill him. Because he got a testimony. Sometimes God is pruning you, sister. He's pruning you. It ain't no secret sin in your life. Sometimes God just sees some stuff in us that we don't see in ourselves. And God knows that unless I shake their life, You ever have a smoothie and all the good stuff's at the bottom? You got to shake that. Shake it up. Because the good stuff is at the bottom. Somebody right now, you're not saved. My sister, my brother. God is talking to you. You don't have a church home. You may be saved, but you don't have a church home. You're not saved. You need a church home. Walk down the virtual aisle. Go to the contact us tab. Join Watch Chapel. Accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. I declare there's going to be at least three today. I declare, I believe there's going to be at least three today. Come on, sister. Come on, brother. You just needed to hear that God loves you. You needed to be reminded. Sometimes you go through and then you, does God, if, if God really loved me, would I be going through this? That's the question we raise. If, if God really loved me, would I be going through this? My toughest, the professors I knew and educators I knew and coaches I knew that loved me the most were the toughest on me. If you've ever been in school, played sports, the military, the folk in many cases that love you the most are the toughest on you because they see something in you that you don't see in yourself. Don't turn that in here. That's B work. You You got A work in you. You wasting your mom and daddy's money. Don't waste them folk money. That's B work. You can do better. 
you can be better. May the grace of our Lord and Savior, <clears throat> the love of God, fellowship of the Holy Spirit, rest, will, and abide with us until we shall meet again. The people of God said amen. Amen. Amen.